Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight I'm flying solo to give you all of your Reds information and news needs. The Reds have been somewhat busy since the last time we recorded, and if you believe somewhat busy, I mean more in a minor league signing kind of deal. So back on February 3rd, the Reds signed Nicky Delmonico to a minor league contract. He's an outfielder who was with the White Sox. That's about all you need to know. Uh, (laughs) Reds also signed Sean Doolittle, who was with the uh, Nationals the last few years, won a title was injured a little bit last year, but when he's healthy, he is a very good uh, left-handed reliever in the bullpen. So this is actually a signing that I'm actually okay with because the Reds need all the help they can get since they refuse to, you know, sign a shortstop. So might as well get help in all other areas. They also claimed uh, second baseman Max Schrock off waivers from the Cubs, and you don't need to know anything about him. Minor league contracts were given to Brandon Shipley, a right-handed pitcher. Shane Carl, another right-handed pitcher. D. Gordon, who is now D. Strange Gordon, who was good in 2013, but it's 2021. Uh, Cam Bedrosian. Hold on another right-handed pitcher. And then the last uh, bit of news was the signing of Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin played for the Indians. um, Decent fourth or fifth outfielder type. I think he definitely will take the place of uh, Mark Payton or Travis Jankowski. You know how instead of a wasted spot on the roster like those two players... Naquin can actually do a little bit. He's not completely worthless. So I was actually okay with that signing. The other big news was that the Reds have inked Barry Larkin, not to play shortstop, which would, you know, be good, but to be an announcer on TV for 81 games, all 81 home games, Barry Larkin is going to be in the booth. Now, I don't know how that affects... Chris Welch, per se, I know that he's going to do some more radio in addition to TV. So he'll probably do all the road games plus some home games on the radio. They may even do a three-man booth with Welch and uh, Barry Larkin along with the new play-by-play guy, John Sadak, if I pronounce that right. John Sadak is the new Reds play-by-play man on TV. Replacing the infamous Tom Brenneman, who got, well, it says he resigned, but he got fired. Um, John Sadek has called a bunch of basketball games. He's done some baseball, just done a lot of minor league baseball. So um, I'm willing to give him, you know, every opportunity. He's at least 
doesn't seem like he's a homophobic piece of shit, so I'm already on his side. And hopefully uh, we will not have to worry about that kind of drama out of the broadcast booth anymore. But anyway, Barry Larkin signed on to do 81 games. I can't be unbiased here. Barry Larkin is my favorite player of all time. So I was really excited about the news. Uh, I know there are some people who think that he's going to be a little too old school for their tastes, but I'm I'm okay with bringing a Hall of Famer to help call your games. I mean, call me crazy. I think that's okay. In other news, spring training has started. Pitchers and catchers reported a couple days ago, and the position players reported the other day. might have been yesterday. I'm not sure. But spring training is now about to fully kick off. Going to be games here in the next week or so, which is some good news for a change. It's been a long time without baseball, and even though there's some questions about the team, uh, I'm excited to watch some baseball, to talk some baseball, and maybe at some point be able to go to a game, hopefully COVID-depending. I did want to address something that I've seen on social media in that there's there's been a few people who have said things like, you're not a real fan if you're negative on the team or if you have concerns or criticisms about the team. Fuck off. You're allowed to say whatever you want, to be as unhappy or as happy as you want. Don't be the fan police. There are legitimate major concerns about this team, and that's okay to voice them. It doesn't mean you're going to hate watching the games or that you are just a horrible fan or whatever. No, you're just invested. I'd rather somebody be invested and have criticism than to be apathetic about it, which is something that there are a lot of fans who are apathetic right now because they're tired of the losing. They saw the extreme inaction this winter especially when you consider the shortstop position. The Reds stated that the sh- acquiring a shortstop was their number one priority this offseason. They didn't acquire a shortstop. It's okay to criticize them for that. That's a valid criticism. You can't play eight positions when there's nine on the field. And it's it, I don't really blame Nick Crawl for this. His hands were tied by ownership. And I don't really even blame David Bell for talking up the guys that are in camp because what is he supposed to do? Say, these guys suck, and then, oh, yeah, go perform now? No, of course he's going to talk up his guys and the people that are there. He He's not going to shit all over them because, you know, how what kind of leadership is that? And what good does that do for him? But fans, you want to shit all over them? Shit all over them. Kyle Farmer is not a shortstop. Kyle Holder, if he was any good, would have already been in the major leagues. Said he's 27 and hasn't played above double-A. D. Gordon was good eight years ago. D. Strange Gordon, I'm sorry. He's not now. That leaves you with a couple of options. Alex Blandino, 
who, for some reason, a lot of Reds fans are really not. You want to talk about being negative. A lot of Reds fans are negative when it comes to Alex Blandino. I know he's not good per se, but of those four options, he's the best. He'll at least take a walk. Other guys aren't going to take a walk. Other guys are going to hit around 200. And Garcia, it seems, is ticketed for probably AAA because the Reds just didn't like what they saw, I guess, or thought that he needed more seasoning at the plate, which he does. Which he does. That I'm not criticizing them for that. I mean, I will criticize them for not going out and get a getting a real shortstop. They just didn't do it. Whether they were outbid or low bid and couldn't swing a trade, that's whatever. But they failed in their number one stated goal of the offseason. So that leaves you a couple of other options for shortstop. One that I've championed is playing Nick Senzel at shortstop. For some reason, the Reds just simply refuse to believe that Nick Senzel can play shortstop. Okay. I would rather him get more than a spring training like he got a couple years ago at shortstop to see how he could handle it, but they've apparently seen all they wanted to see on that. Okay. So your next option could be moving a Eugenio Suarez to shortstop, moving Mike Moustakis to third, which is his natural position, and then putting Senzel at second, which he has played before. Now, Eugenio Suarez hasn't played shortstop in a few years, and he is not the best defensively at shortstop. But if that's the solution, I would rather see those players play those positions from the get-go in spring training to get them used to those positions than to pretend that you're going to have some kind of Kyle Farmer versus the field competition for shortstop which is just an awful idea and is doomed to fail. And that's nothing against Kyle Farmer or Kyle Holder or D. Strange Gordon or Alex Blandino. But, I mean, that's just, I mean, facts are facts. Look at the stats. None of them are good with the bat. Alex Blandino is probably better than the other three, but I don't know if he would get a legitimate shot to begin with. D. Strange Gordon... Again, was very good a few years ago, but his last three years in Seattle were absolutely terrible. Although I did misspeak that he was good in 2015 with the Marlins, so six years ago, not eight years ago. But last three years in Seattle, OPS Plus in 2018, 79. OPS Plus in 2019, 80. And then in a very small sample size in 2020, OPS Plus of 39. That is ungodly horrible career OPS plus of 89 he doesn't get on base doesn't walk and hits for no power no thank you I'm okay with him being like a utility guy who gets very few at bats maybe you know whatever but well honestly now that I I'm talking it out and thinking about it I'm not even okay with him being a utility guy He's just washed. I'm sorry. Seems like a good guy. He's just washed. And in terms of other positions on the field, with Kirk Caselli being gone, it, it appears that it's going to be a Tyler Stevenson and Tucker Barnhart platoon situation behind the plate. 
I'm okay with that. Uh, Tower Stevenson, I think, needs to get as many at-bats as he can get. Uh, I believe this is the last year of Tucker's contract. I might be mistaken, but I do not see them attempting to re-sign him for what it would cost, especially since you've got an owner who didn't want to spend anything this offseason, even though the team needed help. Uh, your outfield's probably a Castellanos, Akiyama, and uh, Winker in right, since the DH is apparently not coming to the National League again this year. Maybe during the CBA talks we'll be able to get that back, but that's what I would call your starting outfield at the moment, barring any trades that probably aren't going to happen or picking up anyone off of waivers or whatever. And then that leaves Suarez, Moose, and Vado along with whoever else is going to join them on the infield, which is probably going to be Kyle Farmer, unfortunately. And then in the rotation, you're going to have Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, probably Wade Miley, um, probably Michael Lorenzen, and then competing with Wade Miley would be the likes of like TJ Antone or Jose De Leon, who I think have a little bit of more promise than Wade Miley. I I would rather see either of those two guys over Wade Miley in the rotation. Uh, Trevor Bauer, of course, is gone. Thank God. Great baseball player. Absolute doofus of a human being. I don't like rooting for bad people. I don't know if you if you've ever fo- if you followed me on social media. You know that I have an issue with rooting for bad people, and he is just a bad person. I'm sorry. He's just a bad person, and I just can't stand rooting for somebody like that, so I'm glad he's not on a team that I root for anymore. Anyway, so when it comes to the lineup, you're probably looking at Akiyama leading off. I would say Vado batting second. I've heard the criticism of people who don't understand how on-base percentage works, Joey Votto gets on base. You want him near the top of the lineup to get on base as much as possible so you can score as many runs as possible. So Votto second. I would probably have uh, Castellanos batting third. I would have Suarez batting cleanup with Moose batting fifth. Uh, And then this is where it gets tricky because I'd have Winker batting sixth. Personally, I'd have Sinzel at short batting seventh. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Kyle Farmer at shortstop batting seventh. Barnhart and Stevenson, whichever is playing that day, batting eighth, and then the pitcher. That It's not an improvement. It's it's just not an improvement. I mean, Freddie Galvis was a better offensive player than Kyle Farmer. Um, so there's not an improvement in the lineup. The pitching rotation is going to take a hint, a hint, a hit, because you've lost the Cy Young Award winner, even though it was a shortened season, and you lost Anthony DiScofani, who was at least a consistently solid starting pitcher, a good fourth guy in your rotation, which is actually kind of hard to come by these days. So that is a loss. You hope that. Uh, Tyler Molly steps up and that you get something out of Wade Miley, hopefully, or uh, 
Michael Renzen, TJ Antone, Jose De Leon, whoever it is that is competing in that for that fifth spot. But you just you just hope that they can keep the team in games. Um, hope that the offense can actually generate some runs, which they didn't in the shortened season last year. Hopefully, with a more normal spring training, a normal schedule, the guys in the lineup will come back more to their their averages of the past. You know, Nick Castellanos is a good hitter. Mike Mustakis is a good hitter. One and Shogo Akiyama was coming on there at the end of the season. So I understand a touch that the Reds are hoping that the lineup is better, but as Chad Dotson loves to say from Red Leg Nation, hope is not a strategy. And you've got a black hole at shortstop. <laughs> That's going to rear its ugly head at some point this season. You can't just not have a legitimate shortstop on your roster. You just can't. And if you're not going to put guys who can play there, like Sinzel or Suarez, if you're going to sacrifice that for whatever reason, you're going to have to live with the consequences. Unfortunately, David Bell's going to have to live with the consequences of you know, probably missing the playoffs because... Again, this team <laughs> this team is built on hope, and you can't rely on hope. At some point, you have to put money into the team, Bob Castellini. You have to leverage the talent that you have to acquire talent at positions of need, like a shortstop or a starting pitcher or whatever. Sean Doolittle was great. I really love that signing, but that's basically all you did this offseason. You signed Sean Doolittle. Okay, he he's going to fill a need in the bullpen. I understand that. So where's your other areas of improvement? Unfortunately, there aren't any. So yeah, I can understand why someone would be negative going into the season of the team has gotten a little bit worse overall. There's no real arguments to say otherwise. Again, you just can't rely on hope. But I'm going to be positive once we get to opening day because I, maybe I'm a sucker. I don't know. I love the Reds. I love watching the Reds. I love talking about the Reds. I love baseball. And, you know, baseball and summer go hand in hand and it's how I choose to spend some summer nights is watching baseball games and uh, talking about it with my friends and on social media and on this podcast. So here's hoping, again, <laughs> hope. Here's hoping that things go right for the Reds, that somehow they remain in contention and that Nick Crawl can convince Bob Castellini that it's okay to open up his wallet a little bit and acquire somebody near the trade deadline that would help push him over the top. That's my hope, and it's probably the Reds' hope as well. But it's just hard seeing it right now. If I had to guess on a number of wins as the team is constructed now, I'd probably put them around 75 wins. Uh, I've seen some 
prognostications, putting them, putting them as high as 80 wins. Uh, I've seen some fans, I saw somebody the other day say that they would win 90. I just can't see that right now. But 75 wins probably as constructed. You know, you make a few moves, which they didn't, but if you make a few moves, get up to, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, maybe you can convince ownership that it's time to actually do something. So here's hoping. So moving on, uh, a few weeks back, it's been that long. It's been a while since we recorded, but uh, a few weeks back, I put out a uh, a call for guest, guest hosts, I guess you could call it, but uh, I put out on Twitter that if you wanted to be a guest host of the podcast to answer some questions and uh, we would pick the top three and invite them on the podcast. So we got several responses, which was good. I was <laughs> kind of worried there for a second, like, eh, maybe nobody's going to want to be on this shitty ass podcast, but hey, people did respond. So thank you. So here were the questions. Question one was name your favorite red and why. Question two was name your least favorite red and why. Question three was tweet the reds to give Coop the 1930s throwback hats. <laughs> number four was use a creative hashtag. And number five was to provide a funny reds related story. Um, nothing, you know, bad. So we uh, went through all the submissions. There was a little bit of debate on a few of them. Uh, we had, it was it was originally going to be a top three, but I've decided that after the lively debate, not really lively, but debate, that it's going to be the top five because there were several good submissions. Uh, people liked a lot of the a lot of the answers that people gave, so it's going to be a top five, and in no particular order, they are going to be. Matthew Brown at Brown11B, his answers were his favorite player was done because he was great and pissed off Marty and other people who only understood batting average. Least favorite player was Jim Edmonds. Doesn't need an explanation. Thank you. Doesn't. Uh, but also the worst part of the Walt and ex-St. Louis players. Yes, I agree. Uh, he did tweet the Reds to give me a throwback hat. His hashtag was pork and beans. And his story was that he went to Corky Miller's retirement ceremony with the bats and again, told the Reds to give me a hat. So thank you there. Matthew Brown's one. Uh, another one is going to be Andy Hahn at I Lunch Boxier. I, I think, is it the at? Maybe it's an L. I don't know. His favorite Red is Brandon Phillips. He made the Reds baseball fun again, post-steroid era and Griffey era. His most hated is Ryan Madsen. Didn't pitch a game, took the money, and then plunked Votto. Oh, God. Fuck Ryan Madsen. He also... Uh, tweeted the Reds to give me a hat uh, with the hashtags give Coop a damn hat already we're waiting and walk off home run derby his story which was kind of funny was that he I once attended a ceremony a, uh, I'm sorry try that again I once attended a company outing at GABP and asked my wife to join just so happened to be her 10th high school reunion and instantly pissed Ushers tried to throw me out of the game later due to mistaken identity with some other jackass. I threatened to sue them for fat discrimination. Andy, thank you. You are going to be invited to a future podcast. 
The third person we're going to ask is Chris Austin at Christopher AAU2. Uh, his favorite red was Eddie Taubensey. I was a catcher in Little League, so he was my favorite. His least favorite red is Alfredo Simon, which he says is pretty obvious, and it is because, you know, he's a raping murderer. Uh, he also tweeted for the Reds to give me a hat and use the hashtag even cheaper than a shortstop, which it is. It's true. Hats, you know, you're out like 25 bucks, Reds. Come on. And who knows what you get them at cost. It could be you're out like five bucks. And then his story is in 2013, he left work early, went to the bar for the last of the playoff game, got slammed drunk and went to throw and went to the now wife's house. Ugly cried saying they won't ever be good again. Left, woke up in my car two hours later in about four houses from hers. <laughs> Someone from his work was pounding on his window. My glasses and phone were gone. She found them smashed in the road the next day. That's a rough night, Chris, but uh, well, maybe we'll talk about that when you come on. So that was the third one. The fourth one is going to be Pat at Sadamsville 14. He said his favorite red was Eric Davis, 1987, May. Enough said in game one, 1990. Eric Davis is probably my along my three favorite reds are Barry Larkin, Eric Davis, and Ken Griffey Jr. So I'm with you there. Uh, number, number two, the guy who decided Miller Lite would not be sold by vendors. <laughs> yeah, you only, you only really get Bud Light there, don't they? Um, number four, uh, his hashtag was Wifey said maybe, or the more specific, Deb said maybe. And he also tweeted the Reds to give me a hat. His story was that the Reds double, he was at a Reds doubleheader in 1987 or so on Easter. They had a 5K end in the stadium. Two dudes peeled off and mooned the crowd. Well, <laughs> there you go. And then number five is going to be Ode to the Reds 2021 World Series. Uh, his favorite player is Joey Votto. I was nine in 2010. God damn, young son of a bitch. And my memories of anything before 2007 is pretty foggy. He's always been the guy. Agreed. Pete Rose. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, he also tweeted the Reds to give me a hat and then used a hashtag. Ode to the Reds giving Cap a personal shitter. Sorry. Ode to the Reds giving Coop a personal shitter at GABP. Yes, I need my own personal shitter at GABBP. GABP. Reds, get on that. And then his he's got a couple stories here. Um, he was around five and his dad took him down to the dugout before a game. Billy Hatcher noticed him. Tossed a ball straight up, and instead of catching it, I just watched it fall right back down. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Fall down into his hands. My dad pleaded for him to give me one more shot and told me that I needed to catch this one, <laughs> and I did. Good. And then he was also at the Ryan Friel game in 2006 when he got a standing ovation for the uh, for his defensive play, and that would have been an awesome game to be at. So those are the five people we're going to invite on to be co-hosts. There were other submissions, and honestly, we'll see how things go. We might invite those people on, too. We had about five or six more submissions, so we you never know. We'll get through these first five, and then if we want to keep going, we might invite you on. So if you did submit, don't, don't fret. Um, it was a democratic process of people voting on who they wanted. There were some unanimous votes. There was some dissension on a couple. And that's honestly why I expanded it to five. So those five, I'll tweet at you all later. And uh, we'll set up sometime in the next few weeks getting you on the podcast to 
express your Reds hot takes. I did also uh, ask for some submissions for some listener questions using the hashtag shortstops optional. And we got a few of those. Uh, (laughs) Didn't use the hashtag, but Wick Terrell from Red Reporter said, this is one comma away from being the podcast being a nudie bar. Hashtag sports tops optional. Thank you, Wick. Over to the Reds 2021 World Series. I asked hashtag shortstops optional. What soup is best? I'm not a big soup guy, but... You can't go wrong with the classic chicken noodle. Uh, I really like the like the the loaded baked potato soups, you know, where it's all cheesy and there's potatoes and there's bacon bits and stuff like that. I like Italian soups, um, like minestrone or uh, like the Toscana type of soups. I'm not big anything with like mushroom or onion in it. I'm not big on unless. Unless I can't see that they're in there. Uh, if you consider stews a soup, I like a good beef stew. Um, I don't know if you... Would you consider a stew a soup? I, would, I think they're two different things. Because, you know, stews are more chunkier and girthier, if you will. And soups are runnier. So that would be my favorite soups. Uh, Cam Miller asks... At Cam Miller Films. Check out his work. He does amazing work. He asks, hashtag shortstops optional. Should the Reds bring back cheerleaders slash a dance team that are made up of both men and women? I know they tried for a couple years to have, like, it wasn't really cheerleaders. It was more kind of like, and they weren't really, I don't know if it, you would call it a dance team or whatever, but there was, they would, like, kind of dance down around, like, the third baseline and nobody would pay attention. Um, I know they tried to do the little spirit people that run around. <laughs> I don't know if, like, a dance team or cheerleaders would do anything. I mean, maybe for some horny old guys. Shout out to Phil. But, I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't really care. (laughs) Uh, I'm there for the game, not for... I know, I mean, I know that there are people that are there for some other entertainment than just the game. But, I don't know. It wouldn't affect me, so I can only speak for me. I don't know. People... There might be people that like it, but, like I said... Usually just horny old men like Phil would probably like women dancing around. Or the men, who knows. We're not here to judge. Big Red Machine at Big Red Tweeter asks, hashtag shortstops optional. What's the first thing you buy at GABP when you are able to return? Uh, Some people answered like Frybox. Frybox is probably my favorite place to eat there. Uh, But honestly, the first thing I'm going to do when I go in there to buy is going to be a big old beer. Maybe get uh, maybe get some nachos. Maybe get the nacho helmet, uh, and then hit up Frybox at some point. But yeah, probably a big old beer would be the first thing that I buy when I go in there. And then Kyle Capware asks hashtag shortstops optional. Out of all the position players on the forty man, who would literally be the worst shortstop, and why would they be better than Farmer? Worst shortstop on the forty man. Hmm. I'm going to go with Wade Miley because he's not because he's unathletic, but he's been having groin issues and <laughs> you can't really have a bad groin if you're going to play shortstop because that would, I don't know that that's not going to, that's not going to be good for anybody. So that were all of our questions that we had. And so I don't really have any final thoughts this week. Just hope that everybody's still doing well, that uh, we're avoiding COVID. You're getting the vaccine when you are able to 
because getting the vaccine will allow us all to get together at a Reds game as soon as possible. I know that, uh, I think it was today that uh, Mike DeWine came out, the governor of Ohio, and said that he's looking at perhaps 30% capacity for sporting events in the spring. So that would be like the Reds and Indians and uh, like the Blue Jackets, uh, FC Cincinnati, Columbus Crew, that kind of thing. 30%, I think, at Great American Ballpark would be somewhere around 12,000. I was told there would be no math, so don't quote me on that. But I think it's around 12,000, which is a decent amount of people, especially when uh, (laughs) there was games in 2019. I know that they didn't draw 12,000. So as long as everybody's being safe, wearing their masks, getting their vaccines when they have the opportunity, we'll all be able to enjoy a game again at Great American Ballpark. And hopefully that'll come this summer. And if you see me there, you won't miss me because I'm huge. But uh, if you see me there, just come up and uh, say hi. And we'll talk some baseball and uh, uh, have a good time, hopefully. So that's all for this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, Like, subscribe, share with your friends, and uh, we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.